Welcome to the Remove the Fear podcast. I'm Claire Snowden-Darling, health and well-being expert. And today I am joined by Leanne Simpson, an HR and well-being consultant from Out There RPO. Leanne, there is so much in the media right now about mental health, about workplace well-being. It just seems to be such a catchphrase that we're hearing everywhere. What what are the issues that businesses are seeing? And let's talk about what we what we can do about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that is so key at the moment. And it's it's a phrase that's banded everywhere. Um, we're hearing it more on a day to day basis now. And I think certainly, you know, in the last 18 months, it's definitely been something that everyone kind of picks up on. You know, it's everything's about health and wellness, health and mental health, um, the well-being piece. And I think for certainly the companies that we're dealing with, it's the, the stigma behind it. Mm. I think the issue we've got is whilst it's in the media it's actually not in the workplace people are kind of wanting to shy away from it it's it's a a phrase that people don't want to use they want to come away from mental health um what we're finding now is we're getting far more success by having the well-being terminology being used as opposed to any mental health issues mental health awareness it's all about the well-being awareness the well-being awareness for employees so that's really interesting isn't it that this phrase mental health workplace well-being is is everywhere but actually what you've just said is that companies are really shying away from it it's it's yeah. like i feel from my perspective from dealing with clients it's actually something that's pussyfooted around absolutely not really dealt with and from other HR consultants I've spoken to a business will then decide well we need to deal with workplace well-being so we'll put a fruit bowl in the staff kitchen (laughs) yep absolutely it becomes a tick box exercise and I think from our perspective out there that just becomes so frustrating it's so much more than the fruit bowl than you know taking your birthday off um you know having the you know the you time that some companies are being able to you know put in place it's about offering support it's about having that opportunity to speak about your own well-being as an employee but also from an employer's perspective it's actually allowing the space for employees to feel comfortable about doing that Mm. and I think that's the bit that people are pussyfooting around you know people don't want to kind of go oh okay well it's well-being Wednesday let's talk about your mental health and it's like well it doesn't have to be on a Wednesday obviously Um, it has you know we have to have that space to have it open all the time Um, but again I I think it's uh, it's a culture piece for one. Mm. I think there are uh, numerous companies out there that actually things need to change from a culture perspective before we start really addressing that employee well-being piece. Um, you know, we want to come away from those sorts of cultures where they don't allow employees to talk about it, that they can't come in and say, do you know what, I'm really struggling. Yeah. Um, I'm struggling with anxiety, you know, and more often now, especially with the we're a, the return to workplace, I'm struggling with that. I don't want to be in groups of large Um, people Mm. I don't want to be around my colleagues anymore Um, you know I don't want to be taking part in you know what used to be fun incentives at the beginning of a Mm. a work day team building days absolutely you know and we've really noticed that recently we had a a client that wanted us to be involved with a team building day and you know we start looking at all the you know the usual icebreakers um, and really clearly straight away it was like actually we can't do any of these anymore we can't 
can't do, you know, the the typical kind of pass the parcel or, you know, stand in a line holding your hands and you've got to get the ball from one end of the line to the other. You know, that that's all gone. We can't do that because there's so many people who are just absolutely dead against it and also does that really create team bonding or are we all pretending to be at a kids party but actually at work it's it's so confusing isn't it and so even as you're talking about that I'm kind of going you know in in my role as a clinician I my job is to help people figure out what is going on with their health and their mental health and what to do about it so Mm. the the journey that I'm taking people on is about education empowering themselves to understand and then have self-responsibility to change it so they fundamentally have to change, you know, how they deal with their stress, what they're going to put in their mouth, how so that they change their diet when they exercise, that they have to make those changes. I think it's fantastic as a society that we're starting to use these watchwords of mental health and well-being. Because I do have a vision of what utopia could look like for the <laughs> corporate world. But is it also that so much responsibility is being put on the employer. It's like we're looking for the employer to be mum and dad, somebody to fix this. So, I mean, I know that I've heard from other HR consultants that, you know, there's that joke about HR, which I I hate to perpetuate because it's not how I see HR, but it's the (laughs) tissues and the tampax. And if you you need a pat on the back and a shoulder to cry on, it's HR. But the problem is, is that the, the, the issues that are being faced today by HR aren't tissues in a tampax it's no absolutely it's far worse than that you know I think HR's really developed and I think you know certainly over a number of years HR has developed as an industry um and certainly from a you know um a, a an employer's perspective um obviously we found we're an outsourced hr company so you know there are companies now that don't have a full-time hr person sat there waiting for the next employee to come in who just wants a shoulder to cry on um we're about looking at kind of the strategy behind Mm. hr within companies as well it's also looking at you know what else can be done for an employee's perspective Mm. we're looking at that whole engagement piece um you know is actually giving the employees the voice to be able to tell employers what they want you know yeah more often you know employers put out a manifesto or this is what we can provide you you as a company and actually it doesn't doesn't flow anybody's boat it's not sexy to employees so talking about the issues that HR are facing because I heard you say that HR has developed mm. but the training for HR hasn't developed no not at all and so I mean I've heard stories of people in HR having you know, members of staff come in and with rope burns around their neck and they're supposed to be dealing with someone who's suicidal. But the training, I know there's mental health first aid training now, but that's a little bit, you know, it's, it's, it's useful, but it's so broad and it's not teaching someone, okay, I need to be incredibly reactive in this situation. I need to know how to refer this person Mm. on. I need to know how to hold space for them. I need to know what questions to ask. That is specialised training. Absolutely. And I don't think anyone is prepared for anything like that. I mean, you know, mental health 
first aider training is fantastic we can't put that down but I think again it only gives you a broad spectrum of what may or may not come through your door um you know we have had a lot recently unfortunately that have been related to that you know suicidal tendencies suicidal thoughts and there's only a certain amount of signposting that we are allowed to then do and I think ultimately can you tell me what you mean by signposting yeah absolutely so from a signposting perspective like I said you know from even from my perspective as a a well-being consultant um, and with obviously the mental health side of it as well it's not about you know I'm not a trained counsellor I'm not you know trained to be able to deal with the sorts of examples that you've just given Claire you know when someone sits in front of you who's been asked to come to you with you know rope burns around their neck you don't have something in your arsenal or in your notebook that you can go I know exactly what to do but you see that's the bit I think that can change Mm. that's the bit that's where I see the possibility for HR and I think we're absolutely open to it I think you know there's nothing worse than sitting in front of someone when you can't answer their question absolutely you know HR is very process driven we are all trained to know what happens when you know there's a disciplinary or there's a grievance when you're bringing well-being into HR we need more support and again with the current climate as well there are things that are going to develop that we need to understand what we can then speak about. So that is exactly the point that I think I'm looking to make in this podcast is that I believe that it is time for HR to change it can only change if the culture of the business changes or if the culture of the business is demanded to change by the people who work there or by HR themselves and also the kind of training available to HR. So I know that the training that I offer to my students, we have quite a lot of HR people take Mm. us up on it because it is about learning how to hold space. It is understanding a broad spectrum of health issues and how to teach someone to have some self-responsibility. So, you know, one of my favourite examples is I know a story of somebody who had a really, really bad irritable bowel syndrome, knew that that irritable bowel syndrome was triggered by eating pastry and yet was going to Greg's for lunch, was having their pasty and then taking two days off work. Mm. So ultimately they lost their job because yes, well, we've got sick time, but you didn't take responsibility. You know that this triggers your illness. Now, going back to the title of this podcast, so many people are scared of targeting well-being, targeting mental health and going, where's your self-responsibility? It's like, oh, you've got a mental health issue. Oh, I better not talk to you about that because yeah. I don't I don't want to rock the boat. And there's Ooh. a lot of that. People do shy away from it. Again, like we said, there, there's a lot of pussyfooting. No one will just go up to, you know, someone and go, are you okay? Yeah. Is there anything that we can help you with? Which I think, you know, that was the whole idea with the well-being side of it. You know, there should be that space where you can go, you just don't seem yourself. Yeah. And, um, and you know, people are coming away from that again. You know, it was all kind of guns blazing to start off with. You know, this is what we're doing. This is the training that we've had. If anyone needs any support, we're here. And actually now we've kind of done a bit of a full circle to the fact that now it's like, oh, I'm not going to ask anything because actually I don't want to know the answer. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm going 
going to be prepared for what mm. that answer might be. I'm not trained. That's the point. Yeah. And that's the point. So HR are actually going into this, you know, the, uh, the front line of this mm. unprepared. Totally. And so I believe that the training needs to be implemented for HR around well-being, around I mean, I don't actually think it's mental health training. I call it learning how to hold space for someone, learning how to be in front of someone who is struggling and know how to refer them on to the right person or what to say or how to be with it. This is not three years of counselling training. This is really, really actually quite basic. And by changing the culture of business, we can actually get that training implemented. But the problem is we're waiting for the business to change culture. Mm. And so one of the things that I really want to put across that I see that the solution here is either it's HR going, hey, we need this training. Yep. So we need you to pay for it because actually it's not good for my mental health to be sat in front of someone with a rope burn around their neck and not know how to handle it because I haven't been trained. Or it's for... It's for the people who aren't HR, but the employees to say, you know, you keep putting fruit bowls in the workplace and you keep sending out stress yeah. balls and you keep sending me out PowerPoints about stress. But actually, how's about we actually have someone trained in-house to be able to deal with some general health issues, some general mental health issues? That I see is actually a very convenient fairly easy solution to the problem absolutely and it should be such a a simple solution to what we're coming across now you know there there are companies that we are dealing with where the well-being training that we are putting in place you know we are doing health um we're doing well-being awareness training or mental health awareness training in the workplace which is great because it empowers those managers to be able to recognize symptoms themselves Mm. not necessarily deal with them themselves but actually they are noticing things that actually would normally just go by the wayside because they're so busy doing their jobs Mm. I think now from our perspective is just taking that next step Mm. it does it you know it can't just stop at understanding anxiety understanding depression it's you know and understanding those symptoms and signs it's the next thing that needs to come from it is what can we do about it I absolutely agree and as you know an expert in both of those um, areas I I look at those anxiety and depression I mean it's everywhere it's just everywhere but actually what you discover the more that you go down the route of studying anxiety and depression is that they can be a superpower. It's actually your body trying to tell you that something's wrong. But instead of listening to that, knowing how to listen to it, learn how to be heard, you know, know how mm-hmm. to communicate what's going on for you. What we do is we medicate it. And Absolutely. and then, you know, and we numb it by eating the wrong food, over consuming alcohol. And actually people are really disconnected from the fact that there is a gut brain connection. So, you know, what I eat actually can change my mood. It's mm. so fundamental in biochemistry. But if we aren't educating HR about this, if we aren't then able to educate the staff about this, if we aren't actually able to make... I mean, Arianna Huffington a few years ago, of course, created what she called the third metric, that success in business shouldn't just look like power and money. It also has to look like wellness. That's It has yeah. to have this metric. So why can't we have, 
you know, uh, as a performance metric, the fact that people are taking self-responsibility. Okay, great. You know, you're exercising well, you're eating right, you're not coming in on a Monday morning so hungover (laughs) from the weekend that you can't work or not coming in at all because you had a bender. How do we actually, you know, I'm self-employed. If I I had a massive bender at the weekend and I can't go into clinic, I'm not going to get paid. So there is this, yes, employers have to be responsible and we have to teach self-responsibility because I see it from the other side. Why should an employer be paying someone who's not looking after themselves and who can't perform in a job? Definitely. We're finding that more and more. I mean, we're doing a lot with kind of sickness absence. Um, certainly from the companies that we deal with, you know, a lot are using sickness pay as a benefit, which I think is great. What we do then find is obviously then people do take the mick. And, you know, there has to be trigger points that we are mm. using from a HR perspective of when we're having conversations with these employees and really understanding is there a pattern you know is it every you know third Monday Mm, of the month mm. because it's just after payday and it is a complete bender you know are people just getting the sniffles and going oh that's not for me Mm -hmm. today um you know recently we've had someone who has had 22 days off sick in a three-month period um and you know the the crux of it to be honest with you and it goes back to what you were saying claire is you know it, it was all gut health related and you kind of try and drill down that further from a hr perspective because again it's it's not just bashing somebody over the head with an employee right Right. It's understanding, you know, is there anything that we can do? Because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that people are or employees are in the business holding up their side of the contract. You know, we want them to do their contracted hours. But is there anything that we can do to prevent that person having additional time off? 22 days in a three-month period, as you can imagine, is a huge amount of time off. It's a massive cost to a business. Um, And actually, when you drill down further, everything was Mm. gut-related. And I think, you know, from, from that perspective, the response that we got was, well, I just like food. Mm. And it's so frustrating because mm. you think, well, actually, that is eventually it's going not good to enough. lose you your job. Yeah, exactly. It's not good enough. But I don't think that is a, a, a scare tactic anymore. No one really cares. Yeah. Um. You know, it's just like, oh, OK, well, yeah, and I'll just find somewhere else. Yeah. But actually, in the current climate, that's not as easy as it is at the moment, because mm. I think, you know, the, the, the job's aren't out there Mm, and mm. I think you know people are still looking for what companies can do Mm. from a well-being point of view but I think it's that whole sickness absence it's the full 360 of what HR can do so it's not just bashing you over the head with employee handbook it's about saying we recognize you know you are poorly you've got Mm. the sickness notes to be able to back that up but what else can we do what can we support what can what support can we give well, I think that the recent drive in menopause has really um, highlighted this because obviously, you know, every other member of staff is going to go through menopause yeah. at some point. However, you know, and, and in my experience, my, my menopause was so horrendous, I could barely work for a year. Um, but I, I was working incredibly hard to find the solution and to fix mm. that. Actually having a sympathetic employer, if I was employed, not having the fear of, oh, if I tell you I'm going through this. I mean, I've had clients who are menopausal who say, I can't tell anyone at work. I can't tell anyone at work. No, that's the next thing to boot. I think that's it's... so upsetting. But if I could have had a, you know, a, a really sympathetic employer and be telling them, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm doing to fix this. But until I've figured out this solution and I'm speaking to every doctor and I'm paying privately and I'm meeting you, you know, 
more than halfway. I need some help whilst I go through this. I think it comes down to transparency, the ability Mm. to have a transparent conversation with our employer without feeling the fear that it's just going to lose me my job. Yeah, or not get you your job in the first place. Exactly. We've heard a really interesting story even this week. We've heard a really interesting story this week where someone has gone for an interview, um, you know, absolutely qualified and on paper, just a perfect fit for this company. Um, and during the interview, she goes to pot, doesn't get her words right, right. No, nothing, everything is just an absolute fuzz. And she, in the middle of the interview, just goes, do you know what? I'm just going to stop this interview here. I know I'm not putting myself across in the right way. Um, I'm not giving you the best of me. Um, And I don't think she realised what she was going to get back. She was like, oh, that's it now. You know, the interview's done. This is just a job I'm not going to get. And actually the response she got was from a really sympathetic employer who Mm. went, don't worry, know exactly what you're going through. Mm. Totally get it. Please don't worry. And actually... You've put yourself in such a good position because you've been honest, you've mm. been transparent, mm. you've absolutely come across in mm. the right way. So I think it's, again, with anything, it's going back to the mental health, you know, it's it's being able to talk. Are we in a position to feel that you've got that honest and transparent relationship with your employers to have those types mm. of conversations? So that then is what good can look like is being mm. able so the the because we talk about culture change in business and so many businesses go well we'll put in bean bags and a foosball table <laughs> and that's not the kind of culture change we're talking about no. we're talking about from my perspective training HR in actual well-being and you know what that looks like because it is very it can be very quick to train in a form of health coaching that is appropriate for the workplace um so from my perspective that's what good looks like from your perspective it then is about an employer having the understanding that their hr department need to be able to have those transparent conversations so that those metrics can be put down against someone and go, okay, well, we know that they're going through menopause. Let's keep checking in with them about what where they're at. What do they need from us? And then there might come a point when we go, well, you're not actually doing what you said you were going to do. Yeah. So we need to have a conversation about this. And it works both ways. You know, there's so many things that can be done. You know, reasonable adjustments is something that we to- talk about now on a daily basis. And it never used to be. Mm. And whether or not that's reasonable adjustments, because, you know, people have been working at home without the right ergonomic chair Mm -hmm. you know now we're dealing with people with their lower back problems Mm. um you know it's reasonable adjustments that can be made and I think with anything whether or not that's mental health menopause it's about what the employer can do um it's not about molly coddling it's not about kind of being mum and dad to the employees it's still keeping that business hat on but it's having that understanding of what they are able to achieve Mm. and also keeping those employees Mm. under one roof. So there is responsibility required by the employer to make the right changes in training HR properly. Mm. And actually, I don't even think it just needs to be HR. I think, you know, in pretty much if you were to take a broad spectrum of any business, there would be somebody in that business who is interested in health and well-being who might actually say, hey, look, I'd be really interested in doing this training and support your HR department Mm. with this qualification. And this is ideal for us. It's empowering those leaders in a business. Yeah, You know, it shouldn't just be HR just banging on the door and going, we need this, we need this. Exactly. It's for the leaders of the business to be able to go, actually, yes, this is something that we feel as a business we should be doing 
And and I completely agree. And then so the other bit is we need the employees to be taking self-responsibility. Definitely. And stop pussyfooting around the words mental health. Yep. Stop pussyfooting around well-being. And if someone has any of those conditions, actually going, right, how do we deal with this effectively where everybody is looked after here, the business and the employee? Definitely. And I think uh, as a... As a world, I think we are far away mm. from being good at that. I think there is going to need a lot of changes before we can go, do you know what? We're really good at this. Um, and I think that is something that also needs a concentration on as well. I think the training is an, is a given. Mm. I think to give people that empowerment to be able to have those conversations with employees mm. um, is, is, you know, absolutely, that has to be done. But I think certainly the culture change, we are we are worlds away from being good with a lot of companies um even that we deal with but also you know in the country as well um it's it's something that has to be focused on you know it's absolutely the culture that needs to be there i agree and you know as a bit of a revolutionary we can't just expect the business to change we have to no. force the change so if that's the hr department's trying to force the change if it's the employee trying to force the change or the more that we can have these conversations like this the more that we can tie up well-being experts with hr and actually really start pushing this as an agenda then we can actually find the balance absolutely absolutely and you know let's let's hope we can get that sorted thanks for listening i really hope you found that useful you can get in touch with me via my website clairesnowdendarling.com and follow me on socials at clairesnowdendarling official and please subscribe to this podcast see you next time this podcast was produced by the podcast lady zoe hansen